corruption, it's perversion masquerading under the guise of renewal. Today's have degenerated into a social club for bored millionaires and celebrities who use its meetings as an excuse to indulge their jaded sexual appetites. Mom, do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. Welcome back, Uncensored Cinephiles fans. <laughs> we're uh, sorry for the hiatus. It's just been a long, very busy while for us, and we're now married. So yes. that's happened since <laughs> our last uh, podcast together. So yes, yeah. There'll be many more podcasts to come. Don't worry, everybody. So hope you uh, missed us, and uh, hope you're ready for Nefarious. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of excited to discuss this because um i came across the uh, movie by what listening to the hollywood in toto podcast um which is a podcast by a conservative film critic believe it or not called christian toto mm -hmm. and he had on i believe i can't remember whether it was one of the actors in the movie or one of the filmmakers or the writers uh, but he had somebody onto the podcast and that's how I, I learned about the movie and I was like intrigued by it and I think I've seen I can't remember some clips from Twitter became a bit viral yeah and I was like oh this is interesting this is an interesting movie and it's not normally one that um I would have you know would have fallen you know in uh, like past my radar type of thing yeah. That it would have shown up on my radar. Yeah, so, sure. um, uh, I was intrigued to seek it out because, um, uh, well, I don't know, it was like a spiritual reawakening or a spiritual awakening that I'm going through at the moment. So, um, I kind of felt like a, a film that I, I needed to see. So, yeah, yeah. it's like, um, and it's, it generally was a well crafted movie um and for a movie that I, I don't know it looks like it had a relatively low budget i don't know like didn't really have any like major big names attached to it or anything no, i was no. like mostly set in one room uh, so for them to do do such a good job is actually quite impressive so yeah I mean, <clears throat> it probably wasn't a huge budget because it was all set basically in one yeah. part of one jail. And so. that's what I like about movies that have a restrictive setting, you know, and only yeah. like a couple of characters is that really it's about like the the acting and the dialogue and the the story that makes the drives the action along. So yeah, I thought the guy who played 
the serial killer mm. was like really good. Yeah. He was totally Yeah. Crazy. Like he just looked crazy <laughs> and like I thought he did a really good job yeah. when like going between the two different Yeah. Like when he spoke the, as the demon. Right. Right. So should we go like sort of briefly give like a a, a synopsis <clears throat> to for our uh, our subscribers or for the audience watching? I guess, like, yeah, yeah. Would you like to do that? Uh, sure. So, <laughs> movie starts off with a psychiatrist. Yes. In his office, and he's adjusting his diploma, mm. right? And then he finishes writing something, probably about the serial killer that's in jail, right? It was probably his final diagnosis. Right. Yes. Yeah. And then um, he like has sort of like an Eliza Lamb type situation right, take yeah. place where he goes in the elevator and then the next thing you know he's committing suicide by jumping. Yeah. Right? I think what's funny in that scene, it's obviously not a funny scene, but clearly the demon is like um, fucking with him, is like yeah. the um, <laughs> his diploma in the frame keeps going like scoot, skooey. Yeah, skewed, yeah. It's messing with his pride. It's such a British thing. It keeps going skewed with. But it keeps going, you know, like tilted. And that's like the. It feels like that's what demons kind of do is try, like, little things to sort of, like, make you crazy. It's like gaslighting, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, the moment he jumps to his death, it goes back to normal. Yeah, because it pushed it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's like the first psychiatrist that uh, yeah. is, is has been sent to um, assess whether Edward, the serial sort of... killer, is crazy or not. Mm. Right, because the basically the premise is so. Then it goes to the prison, right? So you're mm. introduced to the prison, and there's kind of like that, uh, like aerial shot where you're like zooming into the prison mm. similar to like in the shining where before you're introduced to the hotel you're flying over it yeah you know like prince of the power of the air over the thing you're looking at mm-hmm. like the demons infesting it like from above mm. um so it's it's kind of interesting like introduction to the prison and then you go in the guy is like going in there's the protesters there because some people want the prisoner executed other people don't so like you see the divide in society type thing and then the psychiatrist is brought in to the guy yeah so right dr james martin is. dr james martin yeah yeah who calls jim doesn't he yeah <clears throat> and they they do like the normal prison thing to like get your mind into the idea that like hmm. he's like inside a prison right to like you know hand over your cell phone and yeah. like search his car yeah. and like all these various things yeah so and then we're sort of he's led into this room and he's told basically like you have until four p.m. Um, to assess whether the prisoner is insane or whether he is you know fit to 
for execution. For execution. If he's deemed insane, he won't be executed. Yeah. And so this guy's job, the main character, I guess you call him, his job is to determine if the serial killer is insane or not. (laughs) Whoever he's a demon. Well, that that (laughs) comes later. Yeah. Right? So they sit down, like, they introduce the serial killer, and you have, like, the typical Mm. setting where it's like, oh, you're trapped in here with the serial killer, right? Yeah, it kind of, like, reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. But I don't think Clarice was ever in the cage with him, was she? No, not really. There was always that sort of, like, barrier between them. Yeah. So anyways, like, they're in there, and the first thing the guy says to him is, I'm a demon, (laughs) right? That's, like, literally the first thing he says. And it goes on for a while, and he's like, oh, I don't believe you. We find out that the, the, you know, the main character is an atheist, so he doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And they have a lot of dialogue about, like, how can you prove you're a demon? But, like, the demon mm. basically, from the very start of the conversation, has, like, information about the psychiatrist right. that... It's very revealing. A, yeah. ...a normal prisoner wouldn't have access to, right? Probably just a coincidence, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows that the psychiatrist, like... Uh, basically pulled the plug on his mother. Yeah, pulled the plug on his mother. He predicts that the psychiatrist is going to commit three murders... Right. ...by the end of that day. Yeah. And the first one was uh, already committed before he walked yes, in. Yes, which was, uh, you know, uh, allowing his mother to have a sister's suicide. Um, so. And he like gets under his skin by saying it was about uh, money about inheritance and stuff yeah um i don't i didn't think it really was about that i think it was more that he didn't want his his mother to suffer but it's like he's deliberately like playing on his guilt and his conscience and, and trying to oh so you're giving the main character way too much credit I, I think he's actually a decent guy underneath it all. Like, oh, I don't. Oh, I mean, he's okay. A this dirt is... bag. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I mean, I did think the next murder that he is, you know, commits, um, is the abortion. So I think yeah. the Which demons, I... the demons picked the psychiatrist because they knew he was totally morally corrupt. Mm-hmm. Do you realize I have the power to save you or condemn you? What I understand, James, is you would have no power over me whatsoever if it hadn't already been given to you from below. Right. Right, and Mm. they knew that because, like, even though on the outside he tried to portray it as, like, oh, mercy for his Mm. mother, right? Mm. He got rid of her for the money Mm. and for the convenience yeah right Mm. yeah okay so the demons are like oh this guy's kind of perfect he doesn't believe in god Mm. he killed his own mother for money and convenience right you know yeah right i don't know i just like try and think i try to see like maybe that's because i'm kind of like 
try to see the good in people. And like to me, I, I think it's not necessarily like the main character is corrupt uh, because he's a bad person. I think it's the like society as he's a he's the society that he exists in is morally corrupt. Yeah. And when that's like the case, like how do you like live a righteous life? Um when you're the only one doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like when everybody else is partaking in it, it's like easy to get caught up in it all. Right? Yeah. But um we're sort of like yeah, we've kind of jumped a little bit ahead but there is some there is for me what was an interesting moment was when the priest came in oh yeah the priest they brought in a priest right because he was like trying to prove like he wasn't a demon yeah right he was like i'll bring in a priest and the priest will tell me if you're a demon or not and the priest is like oh demons don't exist what do you want with me son of god come here to torture me before the appointed time he claims he's a demon. Carpenter sends you to gloat. Unfortunately for you, I'm not one that could be cast out so easily, though, am I? Sanity always has been an issue here, hasn't it? Sadly, movies and TV have filled our heads with images that are largely metaphorical, not meant to be taken literally. Yeah, so the priest comes in, and the priest is like, oh, demons aren't real. You know, the guy's just having an episode. Yeah. Personally, I've never met a demon. I've never been part of an exorcism, nor do I expect to be. Many of the things that bother us are just our own fears and disordered thoughts. Right. So. And, uh, I think that was interesting because the um, demon's reaction to that. Oh. You, you don't consider demonic possession to be a possibility. Our understanding has evolved beyond that. appreciate you telling me that I feel I feel much better yeah I wanted to ask you about the the character of the priest yeah and um, whether you think that is kind of uh, referencing like how <laughs> the current Pope uh, seems to sort of like almost have t turned his back on religion like he doesn't even seem like um you know catholic do you know he's like pretty much doing all, done a lot of he's like said, said the same god is this god of islam is the same god of catholicism and stuff like that he's like mm -hmm. completely not following the bible at yeah. all so these people who are like pre preaching and there's a lot of them, those like super creatures or whatever they're called, you know, like that. I can't remember that guy, but he's the meme, you know. Joel Olstein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all these people who say they're like. Uh, well, I mean, just go around and look at like all the churches that were flying the pride flag. And it's like, you know, the Bible says that's a sin. So, like, why would you be advertising that on your church? Well, I... You know? It's I, just... It's I, ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, I, 
I do think that there's obviously a place for people who are part of the LGBTQ community to belong to church. I mean, surely we, we can't just turn anyone away who... No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Well, okay. Yeah. Sinners are everybody. Right. There's no one who isn't sinning. No. But you don't put, like, the sign of Satan on a Catholic church, do no. you? Because you, you want Satanists to enter your church, but you don't advertise to them by putting it on your church. You see what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Like, I don't think it's the same thing. Well, I mean, it kind of is. I just... To, I, that's your point, and you and I don't agree with it. That's okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter to the overall narrative of the movie. No, I know. Yeah. I just think it, to me, it just, I was just like pointing out the hypocrisy of the priest not believing yeah. in spiritual things. I blame things. my baby brain for yeah. words I can't pronounce. Well, I mean, well. my point is, is just like the priest doesn't actually like believe in the stuff the Bible is teaching. Right? And it's just like this, the modern churches these days that don't talk about these things. Right. Like, um, they don't talk about demonic possession. They don't talk about, like... Mm. And why do you think that is? Is it because, like, a lot of... I do think a lot of cases that I've been reading up of, it's clearly down to, uh, like, the indiv individual's, like, upbringing, their sort of, like... Um, you know, there's been abuse in the household of these people who claim to that they've been possessed by demons. There's mm. been, um, you know, clearly we don't know, you know, at the time they didn't know much about mental health issues. Um, so, I do, do you think it's because, is this, what I'm trying to say is, is a, is a concrete proof to prove that demonic possession is real or yeah i would say there is there's plenty of evidence over the <clears throat> thousands of years people have been documenting it right, right? I where do think like it's interesting when there's cases where they say like the p people had superhuman strength right yeah. and were um so over the top with their behavior that it wasn't you can't really excuse it like i, I like i get it if people were acting create like they know like, languages that they never could possibly yeah, know yeah I, they are access to like information that other people don't have mm. things of that nature yeah um i've been in like haunted locations with i what i would call like demonic entities present mm. and they're able to move like 70 pound you know latch doors like and slam them shut mm -hmm. and not just like one like a whole row of them at once yeah um, they can like scream right in your ear without being physically there mm -hmm. like just there like as loud as you could possibly think right in your ear um <clears throat> You know, they can appear as, like, black shadow-type figures, if they will. Mm. They're definitely, like, a real thing. And there's yeah. been thousands upon thousands of documented cases. There's been so many that even the Vatican has had to admit that, like, 
demonic possession is real and they actually do like exorcisms yeah and so so what i i want to say is is it, is it <clears throat> nowadays is it the why why aren't enough people sort of like talking about it like because what? so many people are like they don't believe anything religious at all these right. days is it just a lack of you know religious belief that is holding like holding people back like because people Mostly, talk about yeah. people seem very open to the idea of ghosts yeah right? but that's easier to talk about because it's like a fun kind of subject right right no one's just, worried about ghosts like doing anything like demonic right but they don't people talk about it. like um you know the uh, like what i'm trying to say is like how many of these cases of ghosts that are like happen or actually really demons and what i probably a large percentage right. of them based on like my analysis of it because most of them feed off of fear and like mm. the more fear that they drum up the more crap they're able to do like on an investigation mm. and a lot of times they try to like lure you in by acting like something harmless like a child or mm. a relative or something and that tricks people into like interacting with it more which then they get scared while interacting with it because it's a scary thing to interact with which then feeds into it more then they start introducing electronics and ouija boards and things like that which in turn makes it worse right right so so in order to but i think most yeah. people like i wrote about in the lost truth like demons and the demon in the movie talked about this is like basically what they do is is everybody has vices mm. right so what they basically do is they feed off of your vices and if say like you're into something bad that's a sin they just like it's like a, imagine like something attached to you with strings right mm. and every time you do something really negative one of those strings gets stronger and they can feed more from it mm. right and if you stop doing those negative things and like sever the ties from the demonic by like becoming christian like they can't gain from you anymore yeah right so the more they make you atheist the more they make you do bad things the more they gain from you right right I think what was interesting in the movie was they try to explain the sort of history in the background of uh, angels and, and demons and, and fallen angels. Yeah. And I, I thought they got way off the line. Yeah, I want you to sort yeah. of explain about this because I don't <laughs> know much about the Bible and I'm still trying to learn. Um. So what <laughs> the demon said in the movie was that demons were originally the angels of heaven and now they're the demons that like are on earth like possessing people and whatnot right mm. and that's why they hated mankind because mankind was made like after they fell um as like a punishment for them right like mm. mankind was like created after the fall of the angels according to the demon in the movie but anyone that's read the bible knows that's not that's not what happened yeah. because the angels the, Bi the bible doesn't start off with that yeah the, <laughs> so the angels I'm... like 
according to like the Bible and the Book of Enoch, the angels mm -hmm. like corrupted mankind while in heaven, and then were kicked out of heaven for doing so. Right. Right. According to like the Book of Enoch specifically, like which is like a much more detailed and originally was a part of canon. Hmm. Um, basically, according to that, what happened was the angels of heaven were like jealous that mankind could have children because mm. angels were spirit and they couldn't have like offspring. So what they did was they took form in order to have children of their own. Right. right? And that's like what led to the corruption of the world. And eventually there wasn't any like offspring left that were just pure humans except for noah which is why noah was saved and the world was flooded right to wipe out the offspring of the fallen angels which were the nephilim or whatever mm. right and then in the book of enoch it says those offspring which were not human necessarily mm -hmm. they were like half human hybrids kind of, when they yeah. died in the flood they became spirits that roam on earth unable to take physical form yeah. as a punishment yeah for like what they were like because they were doing like cannibalism and other things mm. right at the end that's why god had to flood the world everything they were doing was evil and wicked right, right. that's explained in the bible like god was angry for having created mankind because they had been corrupted completely well, really that's surely that's not mankind's fault though that they no he blamed it on the the fallen angels right, right? Okay. specifically but, said they had corrupted mm, mankind yeah right okay. so that's why he they wasn't were blaming mankind yeah maybe. right okay right and mankind actually was saved because the only like actual humans left were noah's like immediate yeah. family which why they were saved and all this etc right so <clears throat> that's basically what I take from the Bibles right. and the Book of Enoch story uh, for having, like, the Bible itself as a source. So it's really mm. weird that they, like, I mean, obviously, I think maybe that most people don't know that stuff. Right. Right. Okay. Because, like you say, it's it's been taken out of the Bible. And, and the Catholic Church doesn't teach any of that. Yeah. And, and how long ago did this, like, did that section get taken out of. I think it was like Council of Nicaea. Right. So like long time ago, right? Mm. But it is like it does make sense when you read it. it. It's really odd in context. That like remove a whole book. Yeah. from the Bible. It seems a bit like even though it was then again found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. So and it's it, like it wait, it was supposed to be with the rest of the and teachings. And they do reference Nephilim, or is that what they call The giants. They call yeah. them men of renown in the Bible. Yeah, it's right. referenced in the story of Noah. Of Genesis, so, yeah. yeah. It's in Genesis, so yeah. It's kind of like if you didn't know who those were, it doesn't make any sense. No, you're like giants. Why are they giants? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you just kind of like it's one of those like you just kind of move on. And you yeah, you're like, like, oh, okay, that's yeah. a weird thing. But um, <clears throat> I think you you made an interesting point that um, they're demon which is called Nefarious. Yeah. Um, he gives himself that name. Uh, he's possibly has made up that version of, the, you know, being a fallen angel and his, like, you know, demons lie. Yeah. That's what they do. It's like he's trying... Right? Do you think he's, like, trying to get into underneath the psychiatrist's skin? Because 
that's like giving him a very clinical psych psychiatrist type of answer yeah yeah maybe he's like manipulating him oh absolutely he manip yeah. the demon manipulates the main character the entire film until he gets him to do exactly what he wanted him to mm. do in the end anyways yeah i think what i was i i think the film is quite controversial in lots of ways uh, i kind of want to discuss some of these controversies that um has received criticism from okay yeah. um certain film critics and uh it, i think a lot of the reviews that i've read have been very like harsh about the movie because yeah. of the stance it takes on certain political topics like what let me guess um, so <laughs> i think what it has got that section about abortion and, yeah. and child sacrifice which where, it is which the demon compares um ab abortion to um the child sacrifice to was it Molak? Mm hmm And I think that's like interesting in a way that um we've become very casual about abortion and it's become like just oh we you don't want something we just discard it. And it takes away like the value of human life and creation. And I say this as somebody who is now pregnant and you know we're expecting a, a baby soon yeah and for me that section of the film really like hit me harder than it would have done if i wasn't pregnant yeah because i i've you're right actually about the character being a dirtbag the main character yeah because he's coaxed his girlfriend into having that abortion and even though he's got plenty of money mm -hmm. a good, he, good he job he doesn't feel he's he's ready to be a father well nobody is ready to be a father or a no, mother no never it yeah, of course there is never a perfect time for that to happen and uh, <laughs> yeah it's like he anything anyways any means to get things out of his life which are considered inconvenience he takes like you know you said about the mother now he's doing it with the you know, unwanted baby and I can understand like how the film has divided people because of the sensitive sensitivity we have at the moment about abortion uh, but I mean it it does literally draw the same like it's literally just the medical version of the Moloch statue that's what abortion is so mm -hmm. like the comparison they're drawing the reason people are so mad about it is because it's so accurate right uh, <laughs> like, I'm so, like I'm sorry but like you know it is what it is <laughs> I said it <laughs> it's just there's no other way to describe it that's what abortion is it's Moloch sacrifice it's I just mean, done with medical professionals I, I like think that there's a bit too uh, I personally think that there needs to be more of an open debate between both sides um, about the impact of abortion and what it can do to actually like the female um, psychology and, and it, m mental impact that it can have and it shouldn't be something that is seen as like a celebration I've seen like weird awful things where women have posted 
uh, like cakes to set, you know, like gender reveal cakes, but it's like, oh, it's uh, abortion, you know, yeah, and stuff like this. So it's like, really shouldn't be something that we should be celebrating as a society. And the fact that we are kind of indicates how morally bankrupt we've become because, yeah. um, regardless of whether you believe in God or not, it's still life. And um, yeah, it's still something that you know we need to have happen in order to continue our species. Um, but I, I did think it was really that was a very strong point of the movie, and it's not often that I see movies actually daring enough to make that point, right? right. Uh, and make that like. The movie was very conservative. Yes, and you know what? It's like, sometimes it's like, you need to watch movies from both sides of the political spectrum and be able to have debates. And, you you know, yes, there's some certain things that in the movie that, like, offended me because it made me question, like, where I stand and made me realise that um, how... I've changed as an individual and that's uncomfortable, right? To sort of yeah. like be like, oh, I've, you know, I've actually changed as a person and have to address that and like come, like be open about it. Because it's like, the need to fit in and conform is so strong, right? Yeah. But I feel like... I mean, look, I was a Democrat yeah. in college too, you know, like... You know, I didn't believe in any of this stuff, and I was pro-abortion, you know? Mm. Like, because, you know, back then, you just... I didn't know any of this stuff, right? So I, I, like, even dove into, like, the, you know, paranormal research stuff, like, investigating the stuff in person myself, because I thought it was all horse baloney, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, oh, I'll go out, and I'll prove this is total right. nonsense. Right, right. But after a couple of years of going to haunted locations and interacting with the stuff that you find in this movie nefarious Mm -hmm. it's real like if you don't believe me go do it yourself go get yourself some audio equipment go do the scientific method and go to a couple locations and tell me how it goes after a couple years if you still don't believe it's real then i don't know maybe you're just (laughs) lucky i think (laughs) so what is interesting is like there's so many things that happen in the world that can't be just simply down to chance or um, that that can't be down to like random, you know, aspects of life. It's just too designed in such a specific way. And I think like strange things that that have happened to me, which, you know, people are quick to believe in, you know, we're all living in simulation quick mm. to believe in multiverse theory but why aren't we like able to accept that there's something higher who's created this earth right yeah i don't you know if you're able to believe in aliens and bigfoot then um surely you're you know you're you're able to be open-minded to believe that there's something some someone who has to say someone seems dismissive because it's not just anybody it's It's the carpenter who saved us right yeah that was another one of those things in the movie that drove me crazy right Right. yeah and do you want to sort of like go into that sorry i was just trying to be a bit like 
I don't know where I was going with my thought, but I was trying to say, like, basically, if you could be open to, like, I don't know, past lives and reincarnation and... Multiple big, universe theory yeah, and all these crazy surely ideas. Surely you need to be also open to the <clears throat> idea of... The donut-shaped earth. <laughs> mm, donuts. Mm. Um, yeah, so you mentioned he, the demon in the movie Nefarious. Um, he... Won't call Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Yes, and I was, like, interested as to why. And Carpenter sends you to gloat. Unfortunately for you, I'm not one that can be cast out so easily, though, am I? Also, you said, oh, he's not really, he's not meant, you wouldn't refer to him as the Carpenter because he wasn't a Carpenter. Yeah, so, but I think, all right, so the demon calls him the Carpenter, Mm. right? Because he's trying to, like, as you said, kind of, like, yeah, he's kind of be insulting and like dismissive. Yeah. And, uh, like instead of calling him like yeah by his real name, the son of God. He doesn't even call him that. Right. Yeah. Like he's like oh the carpenter, but like we've now yeah. known. Do you know what? When he from... said that, that reminded me of the band the Carpenters, and I was like, what yeah. is he talking about the Carpenters? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> but like so so like from historical research, a lot of people don't know this. People don't even think that Jesus was like real because they're so like just led down a wrong path of research okay there are first off first-hand accounts of jesus christ by historians who saw him firsthand Mm. including pontius pilate who wrote a letter to the emperor describing jesus christ in first person right are there any biblical descriptions of jesus the nazarites were purer than snow they were whiter than milk they were more ruddy in body than rubies. If Jesus was a Nazarite, then how could he be dark-skinned? Are there any historical descriptions of Jesus? The Roman consul Lentulus wrote a letter to the emperor, and in it he describes the condemned man, Jesus of Nazareth, as having blue eyes and blonde hair. Pontius Pilate, a second witness in a letter to the emperor of the time, Tiberius Caesar, also describes Christ with golden colored hair. Everyone who saw him in first person and wrote about what he looked like said he had blonde hair Mm. and blue eyes, okay? All this crap about, oh, he was Middle Eastern or Palestinian or whatever, this is all historically inaccurate. You can even go look at the Nazareans who were the people described as what Jesus came from and they were all also described as being ethnically white. Now, why does this matter? Because people will claim that Jesus wasn't even a real person. Right. So what? When there's historical accounts describing exactly what he looked like. Yeah. Right? And they won't even look at those as... Ev- like, it's like, look, these people existed. Pontius Pilate was a person. He mm. did write this letter. You know, it's just crazy. So when we look at the historical evidence for what Jesus was, there was no trees in that part of Jerusalem. Right. So he probably wasn't a carpenter. Unless, if he was, then he wasn't earning a lot of money. Unless he was not given credit for another <laughs> miracle, right? Because yeah. he was just producing trees out of thin air. Producing. And no one even noticed. Producing <laughs> okay? great chairs. So, like, where have you... Got the word for that. <laughs> yeah, so the historical context is he was likely a stonemason. Right. Right? And not it was a, a carpenter. Mistranslation. Yeah, it was a mistranslation. Right. So this is just we thought this was funny, but like mm. these are all things that 
they won't tell you in mainstream society. Yeah. And aren't in the film. So this is like us adding it into this film, knowledge-wise. I mean, to be fair, though, like, if the the demon probably knows, like, uh, Jesus' real profession and that, but if he was to say, oh, the stonemason to, like, the therapist, he wouldn't know. No, this I think they did that for the movie because mm. no one watching the movie is going to know who the stonemason is. They're going to yeah. think he's talking about, like, a Freemason or something, <laughs> right? It's like, George Washington? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think what I I liked about the movie was um, the fact that they brought into the, you know, they brought up the ancient religions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and we're talking about the real ancient religions that are you know practiced human sacrifice, and he even says like my re- real name you won't ha- hasn't been uttered for like four thousand years or something. Like, you know, it's a Phoenician name or mm-hmm. something, which is interesting because I, my middle name is a, I'm named after a Phoenician goddess, which is a little bit <laughs> worrying. Um, uh oh. <laughs> but what I thought, I just think that's really. It's the Phoenician goddess of what again? Uh, of love. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think people should really like. I don't, I, I haven't obviously researched a lot, but from doing this, you know, this podcast and um, from, you know, like I said, we've done The Witch and Northman and even Rosemary's Baby and they bring up ancient religions. And I, I find that very fascinating that we have all this recorded history of these religions and what people believed in until Christianity came along. And, yeah. Um, it's really disturbing stuff you know and i can understand like why the christians were persecuted for you know when they first came out because they were saying you know stop this <laughs> basically yeah, this, yeah. this is wrong you know yeah. throwing babies into like fire pits and stuff mm-hmm. we really shouldn't be doing that yeah and this is like i think people don't realize like this is what our like culture was you know a few thousand years ago yeah Um, yeah, exactly and uh do you think like the film kind of implies that we're we're as a a society we're falling back into that i mean we've mentioned about abortion but it was like also talking about other things like how there's a lack of belief and then you know have selfish people come so you know like people are out just to you know for themselves and stuff yeah i mean i think spiritually the world is probably as bad as it's ever been Mm. right and like they kind of hit on it in the movie where they're like oh you know the roman times were so bad but now there's 40 million slaves in the world and 20 million of those are currently sex slaves so there's literally more slavery in the world now than there was during the time of like right. america's slave I, trade i i think it was right. interesting it even <clears throat> did pick up on like uh like how hypocritical like celebrity culture is yeah. they were like you have these sports stars you know earning this much money wearing sneakers that are made by 
children. So, yeah, child slavery. Yeah, and then it's like, and then they're they're mm. mad that they're being discriminated against, mm. right? Like you know, LeBron James, for example. <laughs> well, I I do you know I do think like uh, as as a society we have lost our way in lots of in lots of regards. And I think we've become caught up in a lot of things, like, you know, which don't really matter. Like, we sh like you always say, like, it's turned into a left versus right, and uh, I get, uh, you know, this is cl clearly a right-leaning movie, but I do think it is also trying to say that more to that. Um, and really, we should, I mean, it never brings up, like, it implies that it's demons who are actually the ones we should be fighting against, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, mm -hmm. like, the spiritual world really does, like, you say whatever you want, but, like, mm -hmm. it does exist. Like, we can all ignore it collectively and fight with each other, or maybe we could start being like, you know, this world's pretty sick mm. in a lot of ways. Maybe if we, you know took the spiritual world a little bit more seriously before we go head plunging into things mm. like artificial intelligence running the planet mm. when like that's you know to me a very worrisome thing like we won't get into that now but like for instance like with all this like the possession stuff in this movie mm. right and like the phoenician thing you were talking about right if you watch like the movie encounters of a fourth kind right the, yeah. the aliens are speaking an ancient phoenician and they are doing the exact same thing as demonic possession If you, watch, if you watch mm. that movie and you watch it from the, the perspective of none of these people are being abducted by aliens, they're all being possessed by demons, mm. and watch that movie from that perspective, you'll be blown away by how accurate right. that is. And uh, can I just, I just remember that movie, there was like a part of that film um, where there's owls are featured. Yeah, and owls, yeah. The Bohemian Grove, like yeah, all those connections to owls. Yeah, we about like birds and uh, <laughs> symbolism and, and owls are another. Um, and what's the statue at Bohemian Grove? It's a statue to what? A giant owl. Moloch. Yeah. What was the, the temple on Epstein's Island to? It was a temple to Moloch. M-O-L-O-C-H. Right. Which is the... <laughs> The thing that yeah. the demon talked about in the yeah. the, the hmm. abortion scene, right? Yeah. Um, I will just. I mean, I think we've picked up on some really interesting stuff, and I hope, like, I. Honestly, oh, and just one last yes. thing because of the carpenter thing we were talking about. Mm. So, like, a guy who was interviewed on Coast to Coast AM mm. did a study of ten thousand um, alien abductions. And what he came away with was that these were all actually demonic possessions. And the reason he came to that conclusion was because in the cases where people were having these abductions, 
the abductions would continue until they called out the name of Jesus Christ. As soon as they called out the name of Jesus Christ, the alien abduction encounter would come to an immediate end. Hmm. And they would wake up in their bed totally yeah. fine. That's right? So, like, he concluded that the, all of these things, it wasn't someone actually being abducted into a spaceship. Mm. It's all in their own head. They're not leaving their bed or anything. They're right. always in their bed. It's all happening in their own head, right? And these things are just making people very scared and playing on stuff that they are already aware of, like sci-fi, mm. right? The scare the crap out of people, but it's right. all so psychological, Okay, yeah. Right. Which is interesting. <clears throat> which is why, like... Do you, so, can I just ask a quick question? Now you, you've brought that up, and I'm thinking about how demons were depicted in medieval literature and, uh, you know, paintings and, and of the past. Yeah. Do demons not have a physical form? So, whatever no, they... No, not since the flood, right? So, whatever they take on their form it, is something that plays on our fears. Mm -hmm. So demons in the past would have taken on, like, say, our ancestors would have been more fearful of, like, animals because yeah. of prey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being, you know... Like shapeshifters. So that's yeah. interesting. So they can and always just, of... whatever that you're most scared of, they'll mm. play as that, mm. right? So when people But say... to lure you in, they'll pretend they're a child. Like, I've seen that a bunch of times in haunted locations right. where people are convinced... They're doing the little EKG thing with mm. a kid. And then the moment you call it a demon, yeah, then it starts slamming things and screaming in your ear. Right. And it's like, oh, you figured me out, right? Mm. <laughs> I just want so. to quick... I know we're going off topic, but I thought I, I mentioned last night that the moment we sort of finished watching the film and we were talk, you were talking about demons and how they possess people while sleeping and stuff like this. And I said to you, like, the time that we went to uh, Union... Union Station, Station in Hotel Nashville. in Nashville, which yeah. is very haunted. And <laughs> we kind of went... They had the the haunted floor under construction. Which is re really interesting, if you ask so, me. So they were redoing it. All yeah. the other floors were open. But that one floor was closed off. That one floor, which was the floor just above our floor, yeah, was closed for like whatever reason. So naturally, <laughs> so we decided to go poking around up there. Probably not because I'm that. That's like what, as I've said, I was a paranormal researcher. So like, mm. I love sticking my big nose in places it doesn't <laughs> belong. I was supposed to laugh that hard at my nose joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we, we we went up there and to room seven eleven, I think it is. Yeah, I don't know. We were like walking around <laughs> one corner, mm, we and... towards the room that is supposed to be the, the the haunted room. Yeah, and what it, it was like a large banging, right? Like it was like no, it, it wasn't really a large bang. It was like a, a knock. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. On on the wall, right next to the yeah. the door to yeah. the room, and it was like. And yeah. then, at first, we looked at each other like, "Yeah, what was that? There's no one up there. It's just us." And then immediately, another one, but louder. Yeah. We did not stick around for the third one because yeah. that's like, no, that's really terrifying. Anyway, like we've just got out of there. <laughs> I was also yeah. worried that it was like, 
an employee or something because we weren't supposed to be up right. there. It was really so, late at night, and I, I, you know, I highly doubt there was anyone up there. But yeah. But what happened? What at night time, and I've only just like told you this was that I remember you we you were asleep, um, and you got woken up by noises upstairs, didn't you? Yeah, I heard like footsteps on the like ceiling, like someone was in the like floor above us. Yeah. Right. Which would definitely not be the case. It was like 3 a.m. Yeah. Or so, you know. Well, um, <laughs> I remember having a very strange dream. And it was almost like a dream where I was like half awake, half asleep. And I felt something very icy cold hovering over my face. And it was like completely black. And I just remember being very scared. But then I remembered I was next to you in the bed and then like I could it was like instantly pulled myself out of that state of like half awakeness half asleep and went back to, to sleep but I remember for that very that few seconds which felt I don't know how long it was but it felt very long it was like a evil presence was hovering over me mm. and I felt like it knew where we were Right, mm -hmm. and it was pissed off with us because we'd gone up there and like, were almost like we were laughing about it, weren't we? Were like, oh, spooky, like playing, like, yeah, Scooby Doo, we were, yeah, and I, we were goofing with it. You know, it, the, they say the ghost is meant to be a woman crying, and um, but obviously, I don't think it is now that you say, like you say, it's like demons take on. Different so forms. Different forms, like, to gain, what, our sympathy, or, like... To gain interaction. Right. So to get you, you to interact with it. If you hear a woman yeah. crying, you're going to be more likely to go and investigate, and feel like, concern, and people have said that they've seen the woman, but... Like, what are you going to go towards? A, a, like, a woman figure, or a child figure, or, like, some ancient Sumerian thing, <laughs> you know... Yeah. <laughs> it reminds you of, like, the mummy. You know what I mean? Right. Like... <laughs> but I think that's... I mean, I think very Nefarious is a movie that um, is worth watching, even if you aren't religious. You know, whether you're, like, agnostic or atheist, even. Because I think it's, like, a film that we... Yeah, we need to sort of, like, discuss and talk, talk about. And I just want to say the performances, the main actors... Were really good. I thought it was a great movie. Mm. Um, I thought it was a really good movie. It's not one of those that I might watch over and over again, but it was definitely worth watching. Um, mm. I thought the ending uh, we should get into, obviously. Okay, if you want to, yeah, go there. <laughs> because, <clears throat> so like, the demon wants him to write a book. Write a book, but well, he's also, written the book basically for him he yeah. wants him to just like publish it yeah but he also i think the thing he mainly wants him to do is witness that the demon has possessed the serial killer mm. and then that the demon lived lo like after the serial killer died mm. like so he wanted to see the serial killer die and yeah. then he wanted to see the the demon afterwards same demon proving that the demon also yeah, he resurrected. says that he can't die, right. basically. He just <clears throat> finds another host. So they want their own resurrection story. Right. Like their own 
carpenter story, mm. right? And he gives it to him yeah. because he is an atheist who then he's going on like interviews with people like, of course, the awful Glenn Beck, <laughs> who's the employer of Alex Stein, which we're not going to get into in this stream, but good Lord. If you fire and brimstone the earth, start with Alex Stein's show. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyways, um, so they, they like end it with him, like proving that demons live, you know, they don't yeah, die. Yeah, they don't die. They, they, they live on. And then he publishes the book, but he adds excerpts to it to like criticize it. Mm. But the book's still published. Right. So he does exactly what the demon wants. Yeah, and then at the end of the movie, the demon even shows up again to him. Mm. Like, being like, yep, gotcha. Yeah. Because right? he's, like, he takes possession of his body at one, like, at the execution. Yeah. And he tries to kill himself. But that felt, like, really odd to me because, like, the gun obviously doesn't fire. And he yeah. says that, oh, it must be God. I don't think that would be the case. I feel like that was the demon, demon doing, doing that, really. Because so. it added to the story, so it made the story mm. go more viral in the news because right. the, the gun didn't fire. Right. Right, so then the guy's there to tell the story. Mm. Like, he survived a miraculous yeah. thing, right? So it makes it even a bigger story. And then people are like, oh, well, what caused the gun not to fire, right? Mm. So it makes them talk more about it, right? So it's actually on the demon's half, like a genius mm. yeah. move, right? So, I mean, I don't know really if the film gives people enough, like, advice on what to do in the, like, in society now. Like, it, I mean, I, I guess it says just don't be like the atheist guy. Yeah. But I, I just... I kind of wanted more from it in a way because I did want the atheist guy to have like a big revelation and a big awakening and to be a decent person. Yeah, but he never did. But he never did. So he's even a scumbag at the end, selling right his the book, book. Mm. the so. the demon's book. Yeah, it wasn't even his book. No, like they knew the whole time that he was the perfect like vessel for their whole like mm. little plan, right? So what would you like? What advice would you give to people, at, like, who are watching this and be like, oh, you know, maybe, like... The same advice <laughs> I've been giving since I started my channel. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Repent your sins. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just don't sin if you can. Like, try not to. If you do, repent. Like, honestly repent mm -hmm. bad things you've done. And have faith in Jesus Christ. That's all you can do. Right. And, like, if you're ever, like, in a really bad situation, call on Michael the Archangel. Because mm -hmm. that's, like, the greatest defender of mankind, like, against the demonic. I would also say to people, like, look out for little symbols and stuff, like, random things that happen in your life, which you can't really sort of, you know, put any reason to. And consider him like little blessings, and that's like helped me a lot in lots of ways. And mm -hmm. like when, like, like I've always said, like when when we met, it was always like deja vu, like we were yeah. like destined to meet. Um, 
so I feel like people need to be more open to that sort of thing like you know there's like if there's somebody who is a creator and is like a grand designer and they are and they want you to they see that you're a good person and be aware of like the little things that happen in your life and don't take them for granted yeah there are good angels on your side and they angels like what they are are would like translates to is messenger Mm. right so they'll send you like god works by sending you messages not like proof it's always like a little nudge right like a message is sent that's why the good angels are messengers that's all they ever do they just deliver messages they don't ever like sleep with women or create their own offspring or like any of those things they don't teach mankind how to like make weapons yeah things like that or wear makeup (laughs) these are all things the bad angels do that's always one that got me was when you were like they taught taught us how to wear makeup and i'm like yeah okay i guess i can see why that's a bad thing right because we shouldn't be we're so caught up on our looks and appearances now so it actually makes your like skin worse so like you're actually Mm. prettier without makeup Oh, I look awful right now. But you look I great you without see. makeup. Oh. Uh, they say that, that goes blind. for all women. Women should wear <laughs> makeup. But whatever. I don't wear makeup. I look gorgeous. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this has been an interesting discussion. I, I know we tried to keep it short and sweet. But, but it ended uh, up an hour long. Yeah, but I do really think people should try and seek this movie out. I mean, it was out in theatres, and I think it did reasonably well for a movie that is obviously... Not a big budget. Not a big budget No big movie. actors. Yeah. Conservative message. <laughs> but I think these these movies are making a bit of a comeback in lots of ways, because people do want to see them. The pendulum swings, and mm. when it swings, it swings hard. But we kind of need to also... I think, really, we just need to, like, patch things up on both sides and, like, work together because, you know, we're not going to make any progress if we keep being divided. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you want to catch Nefarious, it's out to rent, and uh, I think it's a good movie. Yeah, let us know what you thought down in the comment section. Obviously, this was kind of a, a wild podcast tonight we're talking a lot of like spiritual stuff but yeah I hope people this would, is what yeah. this movie inspired right. us like I, this is the I type hope... of conversation you have after yeah. watching something like nefarious yeah even so yeah you you should try and uh, be a bit open-minded and watch these type of movies because you know like they uh, even if you don't agree with the messages at least you can sort of see a different side and you know a different perspective and it always helps yeah absolutely so well thank you you very much for Mm -hmm. joining us on this podcast and uh, please like and subscribe please like and subscribe everybody take care (laughs) have a nice night